0: Welcome to the NLPcourses.com show, where we push past the height and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP. Diving into physiology, neuroscience, and linguistics so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career, moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money, or make a difference. Tune in weekly if you care more than others think wise as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to receive our newsletter and receive free transcripts of each show. Here's your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. My name is John Cassidy Rice and I have the pleasure to be your host. And I'm going to be answering a few questions that have been sent to me. So we'll be covering various different topics. The first one I'd like to answer is a question I received, which went along the lines of do embedded commands really work. Now, first we need to define what an embedded command is in case you've not come across it. Essentially, this is where you hide an idea, a command within a story, a phrase with the idea that somebody will accept it as their own idea and act upon it. So for example, if I started to say, so we're really just starting to scratch the surface of this and yet you knows just how powerful the NLP is in your everyday life and even though we've really just started to scratch the surface of this, you knows just how useful these podcasts around NLP are. All right, so you picked up that, I'm sure you have. So the command hidden within that was to scratch your nose. And as I can't see you, I didn't know if you scratch your nose or not. So the basic idea behind this is you come up with something you want somebody to do or think. You then take the words. So let's have another example. Let's say you wanted to embed the idea into somebody's mind that you would go, that they would go to the gym four times a week. Okay, so what you do? You take that sentence, "Go to the gym four times a week," and see what word you can get rid of. Because here we're really communicating with the unconscious mind and not the conscious mind. It's an embedded command. It's a hidden command. So let's play with the words go to the gym four times a week can we get rid of anything I think go to we don't need to include that gym four times a week that all makes sense and then we want to play with the order so week four times gym I don't like the ambiguity of week so I would probably keep to the idea of go a gym four times a week that works really well so now that I know what I want to say and I've come up with the structure, I can then hide those words in an everyday conversation which I find works the best. So it might come along the lines of, so you know what, I like to get together with four of my friends and that's Tony, that's Sue, that's Jim and that's John. And we get together four times every week. That's a bit clumsy, but you get the idea. And you also have ambiguity embedded commands. So for example, uh, one of my students runs a guitar shop and he says a lot of time people come up to him and says, excuse me mate, can I have a go on this guitar? And ever since he started using the phrase, yeah, that's fine. If you go buy that guitar, there's a stall and you can have a go on it there. So the word buy is an ambiguous word that has various meanings. Uh, there's a funny story that Richard Bander tells. He said, if you stand outside a Tony Robbins event with a tray of sparkly trinkets, you'll sell out. The reason being is there's no other man on the planet that can use the word buy in an hour more times than Tony Robbins. So by the way, you're starting to think of our practitioner and by now you're understanding the power of NLP. Okay, so you get the point. So the question was, Does embedded commands really work? Well, yes and no. You can't get somebody to do something against their will. So the example of buying the guitar. If the person had no intention of buying a guitar, it's not gonna suddenly make them out of the blue buy a guitar just because he said, go buy that guitar, there's a stool. That's not going to happen. If they were in the market to buy a guitar, it might edge their way towards it. Okay then, so there is some ethics behind doing this. I think getting somebody to scratch their nose is no big deal, and it's not really gonna work if you just do one embedded command. So with all NLP language patterns, they work together. It's based on rapport building, sensual acuity, using language so that you've got this feedback loop. Are you on the right track? And embedded commands work best over a period of time, where you layer in the embedded commands. So how could you do that? What are some practical applications of that? Well one of the ones I really like, which I think is a very easy win, sometimes somebody will say to you, how you doing? And you know, I don't know if this is a UK thing, but most people say, I'm okay. So you're really planting an image that you're just okay in somebody's mind. So I think it's a wonderful opportunity to do an embedded command such as I'm excellent. And that way you're planting the idea that you're excellent and you can do that day in, day out. Now, don't go over the top because sometimes people go over the top with these types of things say, how are you? And you say, I am fantastic. Now for some people that works really well, but other people, you know, it doesn't really fit who they are and it sounds very artificial, but if you just say, I am excellent or I'm good," I think that's a nice way to do a very subtle embedded command. The other one is when you can say to somebody, so you like me are interested in NLP. Notice the phrase you like me. sounds a bit needy, but sometimes that works very well for build and rapport. So that's our first question. Do embedded commands work? I would say yes and they will take a bit of skill because when you first start doing them, you'll feel very clumsy with it because it feels so obvious. But you'll be amazed. I have stood up in front of groups of 500 people and said, so you like me, and nobody seems to bat an eyelid. And strangely enough, we do get along a little bit better. Okay, yes, so they do work, but there's a caveat to it. It's not just one technique on our own working. It's a combination of everything that you do. On to another question. So this question is, we've got a new manager and nobody seems to like them. What can we do to create a rapport with this new manager? So when I was asked this, I said, "Uh, so what is the manager being brought in to do? They said, what do you mean just to manage? And I said, so what's the purpose? Are they brought in to, is the company failing and it's going under and, They've been brought in to turn the company around. Uh, is it just somebody's retired and they're being replaced? And he said, oh, no, no, the, um, the, the department is struggling at the moment to hit target, so they brought in this new manager to turn the whole department around. And I said, well, don't bother getting in to report them because they don't really care. They're not there to make friends. They're there to do a job to turn a company around. So the way that you actually do gain report them is to do your job to a very high standard and be part of the change process. But do be aware, if they need to let people go, they probably have no qualms about it. So if you look at value systems, they've been brought in for a particular reason. Now, a good way to understand how managers interact in and when it's beneficial to bring somebody in like that is to look at something called spiral dynamic based on the work of Dr. Claire Graves. And he was looking at values within people. So we're not talking about culture, we're not talking about history, etc. We're talking about values within people. And he noticed several things. One is that values seem to swing from an I value, it's about me, to a we value. And so a quick recap if you come across spy Dynamics, and if not, a very quick introduction to... Spirodynamics. Dynamics. Now, when we're talking about values within Spiral Dynamics, rather than use a hierarchical system like one, two, three, or A, B, C, which implies something that one's better than the other, Dr. Claire Graves and his students, and Cowan, started to use colors. So we're gonna use colors as a label. So it's not connected to anything like the bonus six thinking hats or color therapy or any of those wonderful things. What we're exploring here is just values and they're just labels so beige was the first value and this is an eye value it's all about survival and needing somewhere to sleep uh, so if you somebody loses their job they might go into this survival value system where they'll sleep in the streets and maybe steal food because they need somewhere to survive and then we started to get together and as we banded together we started to create this purple value system, think tribal. And this is all about bringing us together. Families, team building sessions are all to do with this. And what's great about it is to do a tradition and looking after each other. As one of the tribe is sick, we'll look after them. But it also makes outsiders if you're not part of our tribe.
0: Sponsor of this week's NLPcourses.com podcast show is the NLP Master Practitioner. Complete a full MLP modeling project and pull together your MLP skills like no other course can. Head over to the website to grab your place today.
1: It also makes outsiders if you're not part of our tribe. But if you've ever been sent on a team building day, it's all to do with building this purple value system. And then we swing back to an I value system, which is this red value system. Because as the tribes got together and this purple system Evolved. We needed heroes, people to go out and fight on our behalf. And this red value system started to emerge, and it was the strongest sort of the jungle. Have a picture of Mike Tyson in his heyday where he'd bite somebody's ear off just for a snack. And what is great about that is lots of energy. It's about protection, go get in Red can spot people's weaknesses a mile away. And this is what I was thinking when I used the example of the managers to come in to turn a company around and normally very good at having this red value system to do what needs to be done, doesn't necessarily need to be liked. But then we get to this point where throughout the history of the red value system, we conquered everything because it is about me, I want instant gratification, instant food, instant sex, I'll take it if I can. But then, for whatever reason, a moral consciousness started to build. And in that moral consciousness, we started to think, there must be a reason why I have this right to conquer everyone. And the blue system started to emerge. The divine right from a God to lead. And that way we started to create a blue system. Structure, boundaries, step one, step two, step three. And this is all to do with how do you control the red? You put a blue system in place. which thinking governments, police. And what's great about that is dependability. If you're working for a company, you know you're gonna get paid because there's a blue system in place. Now, once we felt secure, we then started to think a bit more entrepreneurial and the orange system started to emerge. Think Richard Branson, entrepreneurship and breaking the rules, not the law, breaking the rules. And whereas the blue system, I start at the bottom of the company, I'll do certain exams and I work my way up gradually. No, orange system, I'll start working in the company and then if I can I'll own it in several years. So orange again is very exciting, it's about success. But there comes a point where you know you have the car, you have the house, there's only so many watches and iPhones that you can have. So you start to think there's more to life and the green value system starts to emerge and it's back to a we value system where we're exploring How can we look after people? Think Greenpeace, taking care of us. It's an us value system. The danger of this, it becomes a too fluffy, too tree huggy, and, but we are thinking about people. We have security. We have the social system in place because of the green value system. And then the yellow value system started to emerge. Think of this as being a resource. It's not about lecturing. It's about asking questions, exploring. And the great thing about this is about learning principles. Rather than step-by-step action plans, it's understanding the principle that makes something work. Ambiguity, to be able to hold ambiguity in our minds. So what do I mean by that? Okay, so an opposite of the truth is a lie. Yet, the opposite of a profound truth is often another profound truth. So, for example, we are all islands. And that is profoundly true because we live inside our heads. We are separate from everyone else. But the opposite, profound truth to that is, no man is an island. And that is profoundly true. If you want to succeed in anything in life, then... You can't do it alone you need other people so ambiguity the danger of yellow it becomes complex over intelligent just for the sake of it it's about control and then the next place we move to is a turquoise value system this is about exploring and it's not really about common sense think spiritual not religion spiritual and Every now and again we all touch on this. Maybe you've been away on holiday and you're sitting in the moonlight and it's 3am in the morning. You may be on your second or third bottle of wine and you're talking about the universe and the wonders of philosophy. And it's all so profound. Yeah, never record those sessions because it sounds gibberish the next day. But it's that level of thinking beyond where we are now. So we can see here that if we understand this value systems, what can happen is it helps us think about managers. So that's why I said, what are they coming to do to turn around the company or the department? They said, yes, then you definitely want to bring a red manager because they'll do what needs to be done and have no qualms about it, but leave them there. And what happens is they can become destructive because they get bored very easily. A blue manager you know they're there because the system's in place and they can run the systems so another way of thinking about this if you're off ill and your manager calls you and to ask to make sure you've got all the paperwork that you need then that's a blue system that's blue management in play if they find you up to make sure that you're still working and you're still engaging with the whole process even though you're sick at home that's much more of an orange value system If they called up to genuinely find out that you're fine, is there anything they can do for you? That's much more of a green value system. If they called you up to fire you because you haven't turned up, well, that is a red value system. Okay, so it gives us a way of thinking about the world. And I'll put a link into the Spiral Dynamics book by Beck and Cowan, which is a great book, and it's a really good introduction to the Spiral Dynamics. And the last question for this session, which is, You give away so much free content, does that not affect your business? Well, first off, thank you very much and I hope you're finding the information very useful and practical at the same time and if nothing else, makes you think. Here's my philosophy on marketing. Can I build a relationship with you? And if you ever decide to take any live training, we hope that you would choose us. So we're in this for the long term. I've gone to many sites that promise the earth and deliver very little, which is very disappointing. And I tend to gravitate towards people who give quality information. And the other reason why we can give so much quality information, we just have so much of it. I share with you just a fraction, just a small tiny little bit that we cover on the live trainings. So I hope you found this session useful and i'd like this to become a staple part of the podcast so please do email me post your questions below and that way we can have another session where i answer questions around the nlp or any topics that you'd like to have covered so until next time let us know how we can serve you john cassie Rice, thank you very much
0: thank you for tuning in you were just listening to nlpcourses.com podcast show If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and make sure to head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter, where we keep you updated with in-depth NLP topics. Subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neural linguistics,
1: programming, and beyond.